Nehemiah chapter number 4 this morning. We'll be in the book of Nehemiah, and we're going to begin in chapter number 4. And for our text verse this morning, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. But I do want you to keep your Bible open to the book of Nehemiah because uh, by way of introduction, we're going to look at several different chapters in this book. And I want to uh, bring a, a message this morning that the Lord has uh, put on my heart, and it's not going to be a typical, what is considered a typical uh, Sunday morning message, but I believe it's a uh, important message for us to hear, and a message like this morning is a little bit outside of my comfort zone, but certainly uh, within my responsibility, and as your pastor, I want us to always be prepared uh, for not just, the th- just for the things we face in this world, and uh, so that we can handle things uh, properly, but uh, I do want to bring a thought this morning that if you'll listen to me, as a church, it's important for us to hear what the Bible says, but uh, if, every parent, what I'm going to preach this morning will help you. Uh, what I, if you want to do something for the Lord, you want to build something for the Lord, it'll help you. Um, and so uh, it, it's, it's something that we all need to hear this morning. Nehemiah chapter number 4, I'm going to look at verse number 17. Nehemiah 4 verse 17. They which build it on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, Every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. Nehemiah is rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. He just wanted to accomplish something for the Lord. We're going to look at his burden in just a moment. We're going to look at what led him to doing this work. But we come to chapter number 4, verse 17, where we get started this morning. And the Bible tells us all those that worked, they were working with one hand, and they had a sword in the other. They had a trial in one hand, that tool that would help them do the work of the Lord, and in the other, they had a sword. This morning, there's a very important principle, a very important key that I want to bring out in this message. This morning, I'm going to preach on this subject. The sword and the trial, keeping the proper balance in building a work for the Lord. The sword and the trial keeping a proper balance and doing a work for the Lord. Now, building a work for the Lord, that's what we ought to be trying to do. There's two extremes of this. There are some who I just want to build, and they don't understand that sometimes you got to battle for what you're building. Then there's the other extreme that they just want to battle. They're all about battling, and they never take the time to build anything. But I believe as a church, and I believe as Christians, there is a balance of building and battling. And we see the principle here in this 17. In one hand, they had a tool to work. The other hand, they had the sword. And so I want to speak on that subject this morning. Father, I pray that you'd help us as we look at the Word of God this morning, as we look at these principles and truths. May we be helped by what you accomplished today. Bless your people. If there's one unsaved, may they realize today could be their day of salvation. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Nehemiah is a fascinating book to me. Uh, It's one that I enjoy reading. It's I enjoy studying. And Nehemiah was an important character in the history of God's people, and God used him to perform a very important task. I want you to join me in Nehemiah chapter number 1, if you would, and we're going to look at several different passages of Scripture to kind of laid the groundwork by way of introduction this morning. 
As I've done in even recent weeks, I'm going to take some time to read a lot of Scripture to you, and I'm going to make uh, several statements this morning, and that may take a good portion of our time today, but then at the end of the message, I'll give you four important truths that I want us to uh, understand as we lay this groundwork in the life of Nehemiah. Chapter 1, in verse, beginning of verse 1, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah, and it came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the twentieth year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, the Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, and fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive, and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. Nehemiah hears the report of his homeland. He hears the report of Jerusalem and how the walls have been broken down. The gates have been burned. What was his reaction? We read his reaction in verses 4 through 6. It was brokenhearted, a hearing of the condition of Jerusalem. He, he, he sat down and wept, and it affected him so much that he mourned and fasted because of his mourning, because of the condition of his home, condition of his people. Now, this is a side note this morning. It would do us good in the United States of America to have this kind of reaction instead of always having the other kind of reaction where God's people would mourn once again for the foundations that have been broken down in our nation. We see the burden of this man, Nehemiah. Turn with me to the next chapter, chapter number 2. I'll read a verse of Scripture here in just a moment, but the beginning of chapter 2, the king notices Nehemiah's composure. He notices uh, the fact that he was burdened. Ask him why he is so burdened. Nehemiah tells him and. At the hand of the king, he is allowed to go back to his home. We find in verse number 12, and this is speaking of Nehemiah, And I arose in the night, I and some few men with me, neither told I any man what my God hath put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, unto the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain, and to the king's pool, and there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then went I up in the night by the brook, and viewed the wall, and turned back, and entered by the gate of the valley, and so returned. We find in verse number 12 of chapter 2, the burden that Nehemiah had, he continues now in chapter number 2. He gets up in the night. He had not told any man what God was doing in his heart. He had not announced to anybody what it was that God had burdened him with. We find him actually seeing the ruin of that city. 
seeing the condition of the city that he had gone home to see. Some interesting things happen once Nehemiah begins to do the work of God. He sets out to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Uh, Verse number 17, Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in. (coughs) Our Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us (coughs) build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, is also the king's words that he has spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Nehemiah shares his burden with others. He says, let's rise up and build. Let's do something about it. And may I also say, there's a a lot of people in our nation today that are very good at pointing out the issue, pointing out the problem. There are a lot of Christians even to say, this is a problem and this this is what's taking place and this is why we're dealing with this. And they may be 100% accurate in their assessment. But that's not the solution, just identifying. The solution is somebody's got to say, I want to do something about it. There's got to be a work that's built. There's got to be walls rebuilt. And we find Nehemiah saying, let's rise up and build and let's be a solution to the problem that is so obvious. But notice what happens in verse number 19. But when Sinbalat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn. And despised us and said, What is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? Right away the opposition comes out. This is a good reminder to all of us, if you ever want to do anything for God, you're going to be opposed. If you're going to rear your children according to the word of God, you will be opposed. And you might even be opposed by some of the last name that you have. You want to do the work of God as a church? If we want to do something great for God, some of the very people that we're trying to help may even oppose. But there will be the scoffers, as Nehemiah finds out. He just wants to take the reproach off of the God's people. He just wants this reproach to be gone. Then we see the, the opposition come out in verse number 20. Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, He will prosper us. Therefore we, his servants, will arise and build, but ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Nehemiah has the proper response. That's okay. We'll build it. We'll build the walls. And he just determined that no matter if there was opposition, he was just going to build a work for God. He was going to do what God had put in his heart to do. And by the way, when you spend time in the Word of God, He will give you a burden to build something. He will give you a burden to build your marriage. He will give you a burden to build your children. He will give you a burden to build your home. Sunday school teacher, you'll never get a desire to build a class for God if you don't spend time in the Word of God. You'll not build another life. We see lives in... In, in, in struggle around us and they're in chaos and we point at the problem and say, if, if this is why they are that way. But if you spend enough time in the Word of God, I believe God will do a work in the heart of every Christian that says, I want to build something for God. And when the opposition comes, we must have the attitude that Nehemiah had and said, we'll just rise up, we'll just arise and build. We look in chapter number 4. And as we look in chapter number 4, 
we find in verse number 1, but it came to pass that when Samballot heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah and the, the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down the stone wall. Oh, they're having a good time. Keep the foxes off the wall, because if a fox gets up there, it's going to fall over anyway. Verse number 4, Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn the reproach upon their own head. Give them for a prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. Watch verse 6. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. The best response to the critic is just to build the work. The best response to the naysayer is just to build the work. It's one thing I enjoy about our current president is no matter what people say about him, he's just going about doing what he feels the nation needs done. And as a Christian, there's going to be those who oppose. As a Christian, there's going to be those who criticize. And there's plenty in this world who will point out the problem, but we've got to go beyond the problem and say, I've got a burden about it. And we can point out, we can cite the statistics, and we can point out all the evils that have been taking place in our, in our nation and even amongst us and say, uh, there's the problem, there's the issue. But we've got to get beyond that and get a burden for it and say, I want to do something about it. I want to build a work with the life that God has given me. Make no mistake about it, parent. If you build a work in your child, you're doing a work for God. Make no mistake about it, for every individual that you influence and you, you push them and prod them and, and, and push them along in the right direction to, 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 to be, a, be a, a good citizen, to be a, a decent Christian and to serve the Lord with their life, that is building a work for God. Can I say, building a work for God is not done overnight. A life's work is done over a lifetime. What was the response to the critic? So built we the wall. There's a lot going on in our nation. We've got to just build the wall. There's a lot in our world that is opposing the things of God. So what are we as the Emmanuel Baptist Church to do? I just feel the Lord wants me to remind all of us this morning, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to build the wall. My responsibility as a pastor is not to hold a, 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 a Republican convention in my church. It's to build the wall. My responsibility as a preacher is to preach the gospel. Now, I'm not telling you it's wrong to be engaged in, in, in your country. You ought to be engaged in what takes place politically. You ought to vote, and you ought to vote for the right people. But the house of God has a responsibility is to preach the word of God. I just want to remind us this morning, as the scoffers, as the naysayers, as those inside our own nation want to push aside God, we just must build the wall. How do we respond? We build the wall. That, that is the heart of your pastor. I want to build a work for God. I want to use my life to build another life. I want to use my life to assist you in building a marriage and building a home. And 
I want us all to work together as ministry companions to build a lasting work for God. There's nothing greater than building something for God. But there are always going to be enemies of the work of God. We continue reading in chapter 4, verse 7, But it came to pass that when Sambala and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up, that the breaches began to be stopped when they were very wroth. Notice all the groups of people in that. When God starts blessing, it's amazing. The, 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 the enemy of my enemy is my friend. They'll all get together to oppose the work of God. Verse 8, And conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God, and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversary said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them, and slay them, and cause the work to cease. Again, in verse number 11, we are reminded it is about the work. They wanted the work to cease. Uh, to our new couples and new parents, new children are, are young. They may, be, you may have your first child in that nursery. They may be uh, in, in, in kindergarten. They may be even a little bit older than that. Let me tell you something. As long as you continue to work in the life of that child and the Lord uses you to build their life, the enemy is always going to come and try and get you to do one thing, cease the work. As a church, it always is going to be, cease the work. As a Christian, cease the work. But we continue reading in verse number 12, And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, From all places when she shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Verse 13, Therefore said I in the lower places, Behind the wall and on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. Now, this is important for you to get. The, the work never stopped because Nehemiah was a builder. Nehemiah had a burden that he was going to build something for the Lord. When the naysayer, when the critic, when those that say, oh, the, the time of the old-time religion is past, and you can't, do, you, can't, you can't just get up and preach like that anymore. When all those critics, you can't just, just win souls anymore. You can't, they all come out, they just kept building the wall. You know, just because somebody says it's 2020 and the King James Bible is not the Word of God anymore, do you realize that doesn't change the fact that it is the Word of God? Just because somebody says people can't get saved like they used to get saved doesn't mean Jesus has stopped saving sinners. Doesn't mean the Holy Spirit has stopped His work. Just because a critic says it, no, we must just keep building the wall. Mom and Dad, just because it said you can't rear your children according to the Word of God like you could in the old days, you know, like the 80s and 90s, those old days, you can't, you can't do it like you did it back then. Just because the critic says it, what are you to do? You just build the wall. You just do the work. But notice what they said. Fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. It came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us 
And God had brought their counsel to not that we returned all of us to the wall, every one into his work. It came to pass from that time forth that the half of my servants brought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears and shields and the bows and the habergeons, and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. And our text verse, in which build it on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with one of his hands wrought it in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, every one had his sword girded by his side, and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. I want to remind you of the title of our message this morning, The Sword in the Trial. Keeping the balance in building a work for God. You must work to build something for God. If you're going to rear your children for the Lord, it takes work. If you're going to build a church, it takes work. If you're going to be instrumental in building another life, and by the way, it'd be great if Christians got burdened about that again, about being a part of helping build a life for the Lord. If you're going to do that, it's going to be work. It will get the attention of our adversary, the devil. Then those that conspire against the people of God and this is preaching that really needs to, we need to hear it more often. And it's, you know the kind of preaching I'd rather do to you today, but it's my responsibility to warn you. There's some of you that your, your own family will conspire against you to send your kids in a different direction than you're rearing them. There are those who say, hey, we're all in this together. They will conspire because they're not building a work and they should be building a work. But our burden is to build a work for God. And the enemy will come. The critic will come. We cannot make the mistake of getting off of the wall to battle when it's our call to build. Don't miss that. The purpose of the Emmanuel Baptist Church is to build. Our philosophy is we're building. Our commission is to build. What are we building? We're not building a political revolution. We we're, we're going we're to build a work that brings honor and glory to Christ. We want to build homes who glorify God. We want to build young lives that are going to serve God with their life. We, we can't get distracted. We've got to keep building. We as Christians have made those mistakes before. We've got to continue to build a work for God. And I want everybody here this morning, those of you that are members, and perhaps you're here and you're not a member, you're going to get the heart of this pastor on full display this morning. We must build a work for God. We must build something that brings honor and glory to Him. In spite of whatever opposition we may face, whether it be government, whether it be uh, the religious, uh, those who call themselves the the religious of this day, whether it be the the scorner and the the naysayer, the, the reprobate crowd that is in the streets of our nation today burning our nation down. We've got to keep building. What's going to happen for the next generation if nobody decides to build today? What's going to happen? I know. My blood pressure rises too. And there's some things I just like to get off my chest once in a while, but this pulpit is not the place to do it. This pulpit is to build the people of God. 
This people is to build lives. This pulpit is to build lives. If somebody doesn't stop now and say, I want to build something, be a part of building something now, a generation from now, there won't be anything left. We have to build in spite of the opposition. But I don't want you to miss this. A great work for God begins with a burden. In the case of Nehemiah, it was his home city in rubble. The destruction of Jerusalem was a reproach to God's people. Before a nation can be revived, there must be a burden. Before a church is built, there must be a burden. Before a city is affected by a great work of God, there must be a burden. Before a home is built for God's glory, there must be a burden. A burden that leads to building. Nehemiah did not talk about his burden. His burden led him to build. Many talk of revival in our nation, but they build nothing. Many talk of building a home, but they build nothing. Many talk of building a church, yet they have no part in building even one life. After the building begins, the battling will come. Make no mistake, there are the enemies of God that glory in the rubble. They glory in a spiritually dead nation. They glory in destroyed lives. There is nothing that gets the attention of God's enemies like a work being built. A husband, a wife, a mom and dad build a home and your Sam Ballot and Tobiah will come calling. To the Sunday school teacher who builds lives and all of a sudden they'll find that Sam Ballot and Tobiah will reveal themselves. Nothing rallies the modern-day Sam Ballon to buy a, like a church attempting to build a work for God. It's been this way from the days of Nehemiah. This is where many Christians today struggle. See, they, they say, I didn't realize there would be a struggle for me to build my home to glorify God. Let me say, any home that glorifies God, you will have to fight to do so. Any church that builds a work for God will have to battle to do so. See, I want to make something known and remind you today as your pastor. I can identify with Nehemiah. I just want to build. I want to build lives. I want to see God transform futures. I want to build homes that glorify God. I want to do my part in building a church that pleases God. I do have a burden. I want to build a great work for God. I'm committed to that work. I'm committed to make the sacrifices. I'm committed to a way of life of a builder. I confess to you, I have my trial in my hand. But I also want to make something aware to you this morning as well. I have my sword also. I understand that to build a work, I must battle. I will battle the forces against God. I will battle the sand ballots and Tobias. We must decide that as a people of God, we can endure the mocking. We can endure the criticism of the enemy at the work we are attempting to do. This... Is not, this, is, this has been something that's been so evident in the lives of Christians. They, they don't understand that there is a balance. We must build, but we must battle. 
This even plays out in the political world. For years, there have been men, there have been politicians who've had the right position, and they've just been continu- they wanted to build something. They wanted to build something in our nation, but they refused to fight for it. They refuse to take that stand. And by the way, that's why our president now is hated. Because he's not only on the right positions, he's willing to fight and stand on that position. See, to build something, you must determine to build it. I know this is deep this morning. Mom and Dad, don't talk about building a home that honors God. Just build one. Husband and wife, don't talk about building a marriage that honors God. Just build one. Christian, don't talk about having a life that honors God. Just build one. Let's not not just talk about souls that need to be reached and and homes that need to be helped and lives that, that are lost. Let's just build lives. Let's just have a part in building something. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to be distracted by what's going on in this world. COVID, we've had to adjust, but that has not been a distraction for me because the purpose has never changed. It's the preaching of the Word of God and the proclamation of a risen Savior. That has never changed. Pandemic, no pandemic. The purpose of a Christian has not changed by what takes place in this world. I think it's horrible. I think it's tragic. And what's taking place is in some of our cities and the, and the things that are taking place is on our streets. And I believe that it ought to be stopped. But I'm not getting distracted by all of that because we've got to work to build for God. But we also must keep the balance of having the sword on our side as well. Because there's a lot of Christians I've witnessed through the years, don't miss this, who had a desire, a burden to build their children, but they would never fight for that work. There's churches better, that are pastored by better men than me who build a work for God. The time came when they ceased to press forward for God because the Sam Ballots and the Tobias came. And they had the trial. They never did what Nehemiah did. I said, they want to stop the work. Put your sword on. Don't stop working, but have your sword ready. And friend, you and I, if we're going to do a work for God, we must be willing to work, but we also must be ready to fight for our work. What I mean by that is very simple. It's our stand. Where we stand, that is how we fight. That's the sword. The sword I'm speaking of this morning is the sword, the Word of God. Now, let me make four statements this morning, and, I, and, and I'll be done. I know this is an unusual, unusual message, but I want you to get these truths. Number one, it was not about Nehemiah. It was always about the wall. In chapter 2, in verse 19 and 20, we see that. They knew nothing about Nehemiah until he started to build the wall. What is this thing ye do? How dare you rebuild these walls? It's almost like we live in a day-to-day where you have to get permission to build a work for God. You have to get permission to, you know, know, the next time in reunion, you need to take a poll and get permission from everybody there on you to rear your children differently than they did. Rear your children according to the Word of God. It was never about Nehemiah. It was always about the wall. Let me help you this morning. With rebellious children, it's not you, Mom and Dad. It's the wall. It's the truth. 
with backslidden carnal Christians. It, it's, it's, it's not about, they want to make it about the pastor, but it's, it's about the work. You look at what's taking place in our own nation. I, I've seen everything. When you have multi-millionaire athletes and celebrities who are oppressed, did you know we live in a, an oppressive nation where you can rise from nothing and be a millionaire? And I, I, how many of you like to share in that oppression today? See, it's always about the work. It's always about what the work represents. You may say, Pastor, what, what's the big deal about him rebuilding a wall? Because that was God's city. Those were God's people. For those walls to be rebuilt was to take the reproach away from God and His people and put it back on the focus that it should have been that this is God's city. It was not about Nehemiah. It was about the wall. Our president's a good illustration of this as we do a parallel between what's taking place in our nation and what's taking place in in the lives of Christians. You do know that 99.9% of those who will vote for Joe Biden aren't voting for Joe Biden. They're voting against Donald Trump. And if you're one of those who say, no, no, Bible, please don't, you're telling a lot about yourself if, 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 you, if you would vote for him in spite of everything that's going on. But they hate our president. Now, I'm only making this observation to point out something to you. There was a time he, they loved him. They loved him. But he began to build something. He began to make changes. He began to make some adjustments. And now all of a sudden, the things they say that bother them, that didn't bother them before, and maybe that'll help you, it's about the work that's being done. Don't always believe what you hear about another Christian. Look at the work that's being done. Statement number two. If you stop to fight the enemy, the work does not get done. Nehemiah chapter number six. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I built the wall, that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. Verse two, then Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. They thought to do me mischief. Now there's an invitation, and let's, let's all get together. We're, we're all on the same team here. It's an invitation to compromise. It's an invitation, as he says, they, they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? One of the greatest distractions the devil uses is to get Christians to come off the wall. I believe our nation is at a very pivotal, pivotal place in its history. I'll take some liberties tonight as I preach about that. So there is a responsibility we as Christians have in not just in our own nation, but in the work of God. One of the greatest distractions the devil uses, even in our own nation, is to get builders to come off of the wall. We have a responsibility first to build. 
Now, we should not come off the wall because if you stop to fight the enemy by coming down off the wall, the work does not get done. Step number three. If you do not take a stand, the enemy prohibits the work to be done. We see this in chapter number four. Part of our text and part of what I've already read, Nehemiah discovers what they're, they're assembled to stop the work. So what does he do? He arms the people. Our text verse, verse 17, they've got a sword on, the side, on their side. They've got a trial in the hand. They, they, they're working with one. They're, 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 they're armed with the other. So Nehemiah was wise in the fact that he said, we're going to continue to work, but I want you to be armed. If I can make this analogy to us as a church this morning and to us as Christians... With the third statement I made, if you do not take a stand, the enemy prohibits the work to be done. Our stand is the army. We stand for certain things as Christians. Our authority is the word of God. That's our stand. We still believe that God's people ought to be holy people. We can back that up with Bible. We believe that Jesus Christ is still the only way of salvation. He's the only way to the Heavenly Father. We, we still believe that church ought to exist to propagate, the, 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 propagate salvation by grace and the, and the preaching of the gospel exists to please and honor God, not even ourselves. We arm ourselves with the Word of God. Now, this morning, in no way am I advocating we take up arms to go down and combat any group this morning. But I tell you, it would help a lot of churches and Christians if they did pick up that sword again and arm themselves. You know, the greatest thing you and I can do is arm ourselves with the sword God's given us. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Build something for God. But don't put down your sword. You need your sword. That's how you know, mom and dad, how to fight for your kids. That's how when we're building a life and you see the devil trying to creep in and, and subvert what, God, what he's trying to do, that's how we know what to do. The stand is what helps us overcome the fear. We see that in, verse, in chapter number 4. The Bible also tells us to resist the devil and he will flee. We're reminded of having done all to stand. Sadly, there's a lot of Christians when the enemy comes or when they, they make fun and they mock, they say, well, I don't want to endure that anymore, so the work is not completed. Or there's a danger here, as Nehemiah, they battled. There was a real danger for their lives. They didn't quit building the work. They just armed themselves. They armed themselves. We must arm ourselves with the Word of God or we'll fall by the wayside. If you do not take a stand, the enemy prohibits the work from being done. Then number four, here's the whole balance of the sword and the trial. It's very simple. You must be willing to build and battle. Build and battle. It's been... Our nation has had periods of war. We've had periods of peace. During those 
periods of war for the most part, and that's why we've won the wars, is because we determined to win the war. Because we wanted to defend the freedoms that we had. We wanted to defend the way of life as we knew it. Just because there were periods of peace does not mean our nation was not prepared to go to war. And many times, battles can be avoided and battles can be won because we are prepared for the battle. We're prepared. We understand there's an enemy who wants to keep the work from being done, and so therefore we keep ourselves prepared. Let me say this to you, Christian. Don't go a day without reading your Bible. Don't go a week without picking up the, the Word of God. When you come next Sunday, shouldn't it be the first time you pick this Bible up? That's what I'm talking about this morning. You're not prepared for battle. You have an enemy that wants to destroy you. You've got to be prepared for the battle. Don't lay out a church. You, cannot, you, you can try and make the argument, but there's nothing behind it to say that I, I'm prepared to battle my adversary. I'm prepared to, to, to do a work for God when you can't even be faithful to the house of God. Don't lay out a church. That's being armed. You find, and I don't have time to go through it this morning, but you find several places that whenever the opposition came, they just turned to God and prayed to God. When you arm yourself through prayer, you stay on the wall. I find something very interesting in the the life of Nehemiah, and I'll wrap this up to a point of decision. Nehemiah never came off the wall to battle Sambiat, Tobala, and all those others. But I believe if they had come up the wall, there would have been a battle. Let me tell you this morning as a church, and, and I feel like in our, in our nation, as it gets closer to this election, things, there's a lot of things that could take place. There's, there's things that are taking place in, in our, our nation. I think, I think everybody understands that. But let's not get sidetracked by those down at the bottom mocking those that still believe like we believe. Now don't come up on this wall because I have a responsibility as the pastor to defend this church. But I'm not getting off this wall. Let me say it like this. I'm not going to answer your blog comments. I've got, a, I've got a work to build. We all should have that mindset when it comes to our home our family, our marriage. I'm not going to go march against others who are marching. But I'm going to be on the wall. I am going to be armed. Why? Because it's the work of God. See, Nehemiah did not want to fight. He wanted to build. In order to build, he had to be willing to to battle. This this morning as we go to the invitation, let me just say this last thing to you. Determined to build something for the Lord. As I've been teaching on Wednesday night, all of us have a part in the building of this church. It's not scriptural for you to put all the responsibility on the pastor. It's not scriptural for the pastor to put all the responsibility on the people. It's not scriptural for members of the Emmanuel Baptist Church to sit back and let other members 
do with sacrifice and make no sacrifices, no adjustments. We're in this together to build something. Mom and dad's determined to build a home that honors God. Can we all notice the people around us and see if God will allow us to have a part in building another life? Building others? Let's determine to build a work. In order to do so, this is my last point I want to mention, and it's really my challenge this morning, is you got to have your sword. I know churches from years gone by, they're not what they used to be. Let me tell you why. Because they were building, and they put down the sword. And they did it on their own wisdom, in their own strength, in their own might. They didn't realize it was that sword that kept Sanballat and Tobiah at the bottom of the wall. You, we read the conspiracy against Nehemiah and those others that were building. They were, they were getting grouped together, and they were going to get their in, between, in, in amongst them, and they were going to kill them all. But that changed once they got the sword, and it was evident and obvious that they had their sword with them. You know, I, don't, I don't want to build a work for God so anybody can say, Greg Neal built a work for God. I don't want us to build a work for God so anybody can say, oh, the Emmanuel Baptist Church, they built a great work for God. I want to build a work for God because God is worthy of a great work. I want to build a great work for God because there are people, and that's what building a great work is. It's building people. You know, I showed you pictures of a building. I want to build buildings. But not so we can say we built buildings, so that we have more space to build people. It's building people. I don't, I don't want anybody, I don't want to build a work for God so, it, so that any of us get any glory. I want to build a work for God for the sake of others, because I know there's others who built in my life. But in order to do so, we've got to have our sword. I appreciate the efforts of those who are trying to do the right thing in our nation and our government. But it'd go a lot smoother if they had their sword. They had the word of God. Let's keep our sword. Realize the protection in building your children, your home, and the work that God has for us to do is the sword. Well, Pastor, if, if, if you know, you hear these people say that if the preaching was different and the focus was on something else, what you don't realize, what keeps the enemy at bay is the sword. That's what makes the difference. It's the sword that keeps the devil at bay. It's the sword that keeps the enemy at bay so that we can keep building. Have you put down your sword? Let's pick it up. Well, if you're visiting today, I know it's a little unusual for a Sunday morning message. But I want us to be reminded we have a responsibility to build a work for God. Let's build a work for God. But you can't do it without your sword. You can't do it without the word of God. Let's make sure you have your sword this morning, Father. I pray that you'll use...